0: Welcome to Desert Island Geek. Each episode, we welcome one self-confessed geek to our deserted island. But there's a catch. They may bring five, and only five, of their most essential geek items they simply cannot live without. So today, for the very first time on the island, we are welcoming Peter Cooper. Hello. Hi, Peter. For much of his youth, Peter spent in front and inside computers. Since 2003, he's been one of those smug Mac users, and about a year ago, he started podcasting, something which he uh, apparently holds me partly responsible.
1: There's the sign I want a Clarify, first of all, just the, the introduction you made there. I'm, it, having, having heard it back... It sounds a little bit like I'm some sort of deviant when I spent my sort of, my time inside computers and it's really not that, that, that sort of thing. It's, you know, it's purely tinkering around inside with screwdrivers and pliers and body wires and all that sort of thing. So just, just to clarify, you know, if, if, the, uh, clearly this is going to have some bearing on my, my entry to the island, if you like, and I just want to make it sure that, make sure that I'm not some sort of odd deviant type. Maybe I am, I don't know.
0: Well, clearly, we, we need to uh, be careful about who we actually let onto the island for, 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 for very many reasons. And I suppose if you have knowledge of how to build computers and so on, that could be quite
1: useful to us. Beneficial. I can understand that, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Part of the, uh, the entry of qualifications onto the island, you are permitted to bring with you and keep mm-hmm. five items. Right. And you have selected your first item, which is a website.
1: Yes. Now, this, this had me. I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to kick off and say, right, my website is bloody, bloody, blah.com. Uh, this, this had me thinking for a while because, on, on the one hand, there are websites that I check very regularly, you know, on a daily basis, and I, you know, depend on them for information and news and other such stuff. On the other hand, I've got to think that I'm going to be on a desert island, so there's, there's limits to what I can, you know, indulge in, if that's the right word. So, to start off with, I would like to request I have access to macrumors.com. As as a self-confessed sort of Mac geek, if you like, there are many, many people who are, they're, they're quite keen on sort of spreading disinformation and old stuff in the Mac world. You know, they they have these obviously fake pictures and obviously photoshopped pictures of new things coming out. And Apple, being as they are, they're very secretive, you know, understandably, they're very kind of possessive of their brand, you know, as you would as you would hope, which gives everybody else in the Mac world and indeed outside the Mac world carte blanche to just go absolutely nuts on creating stuff and, you know, putting rumours out there and all that kind of thing. And uh, there are various things that come across on this website and some of the rumours are completely implausible. Some of them are, you know, understandable about the right. Every now and again, there are there's these events called keynotes where Apple, they announce new stuff or say that there's new stuff coming out in a number of months and what happens around about that time is everybody gets very interested and very excited and very, you know, it's almost like Christmas for Mac geeks kind of thing. And uh, they work out how they're going to spend their money over the next few months, that kind of thing. And they they sort of, they say, well, I, I would really like a so-and-so size so-and-so with a, you know, this big hard disk and so much memory for, you know, for for peanuts, practically nothing. It's clearly not going to happen, but, you know, it's always fun nonetheless. And then there are these, these obviously very elaborately staged setups where somebody sort of gets a box of an old computer and rebadges it as a, as an eye something, like, you know, an eyeball or an eye kitchen, whatever. And they, they badge it as this and they put it in a lift or elevator somewhere and take a photo and go, right, this is the new eye kitchen or the new eye banjo or something. Uh, it's great. It's going to cost $799 and everyone will have one. And then of course there's these bunch of Mac geeks that come back and say, oh, what I want an eye banjo. They look great. And then there's about as many people again go, oh, that's obviously fake. It's clearly a Photoshop job. And there's a there's a bit of sort of to and fro, and and uh, it's, it's so as well as being useful for news, it's useful for, for stick fights, really, and you know, just sort of rumour mongering and all that kind of thing.
0: So, do you think, from from your point of view, there might be some kind of perverse joke that you're you're playing on on everybody because you're going to be able to see all this information? And you know you're never going to get your hands on because you're going to be trapped on the island.
1: This is this is this is getting back to the whole practicality aspect of it all, you know. Because if if you look at you know geeks enjoy tech websites, you know that's how it goes. And uh, you know a, a geek looking at a tech website, it's almost like I, I can't think of the right phrase to use, but it's almost like you sort of you're looking in, thinking right, well, there's no way I'm going to get to that. It's like the Promised Land or like this forbidden fruit that you can't. You know, it doesn't matter if you know there's a new super duper Mac Pro with you know twenty five thousand horsepower and extra stripes and stuff. If that comes out, there's nothing I can do to get hold of it. So it's, I suspect that might be an element of frustration which is creeping in. Um, so that it's, it's so it's it's not without its kind of cons. You know, it's got pros and cons as as you know as other websites have. There was another website which I was toying with the idea of having, and and you know maybe maybe this will be more useful. Having thought about this a bit longer, there's there's a, another website which is more practical, shall we say. <laughs> got to be careful how I describe this and not get myself into too much trouble uh, there's, a, a, there's a website which is sort of it's it's bordering on sort of social network and 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 porn basically if you want to not to put too fine a point on it um, and it's a website called suicidegirls.com which <clears throat> initially when I saw the suicidegirls.com domain name I thought well that's you know logic would say that there's sort of people who are killing themselves and you know filming it and it's an old snuff website which obviously isn't my kind of thing um, really uh, and, and actually, it's not. It's it's kind of a, an old sort of hybrid of social network and 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 ladies getting their clothes off, which is which is a good combination for a, for a social network, really. And it's not MySpace, which can only be a good thing. So, okay,
0: um, interesting justification for those two. Mm, you uh, can only have one, however. Yeah, I was, so
1: was going to say you're going to press me now, aren't you? For one yeah, of the there two. must be just one. I think ha- having thought about this, I- I'm going to stay with my original choice of Mac rumors. .com, Actually,
0: now I'm going to let you in with Mac rumors for the simple reason that, that I have a perverse pleasure that every so often Mac rumors get it right, and you're going to know full well that that wonderful, wonderful Mac thing is totally out of your reach. Yes,
1: and, but but then then there's the whole kind of there's the Schadenfreude aspect. You're you going kind of to be sit there in your in your ivory customs tower going, no, you're not going to get one, and I can because you know I I. Yeah, you know, I'm assuming that I means you live on the same. Do you live on the island, or do you live elsewhere? Do you commute I, to work? I wouldn't live on this island. Okay, all right. There's so, so, so what you're essentially saying is you're allowing me, you're allowing me to have this choice because you, you take some sort of odd pleasure from knowing that I'm never going to have that. Absolutely. Fine. Fine. Well, I'll just get my suitcases and I'll leave already then.
0: So the second item that you're allowed to bring in is a podcast.
1: A podcast. Now again, I try, I try not to over-analyze this because again, if you're looking at a desert island, then the, the practicalities of getting a podcast down to a desert island are, don't really bear thinking would you, would about. We do
0: have it. a certain unique uh, level of uh, ingenuity with regards to receiving. Okay, it's pretty impossible,
1: but just the quirk in the space-time continuum that allows podcasts to fall out of the sky. Absolutely, yes, right, so you so
0: find them in coconuts at two o'clock in the morning. That's not a bad idea, yes. So
1: okay, so so the in, in this case, the podcast enclosure is actually a husk. Ask. So practicalities aside, um, I I would like a podcast that would make me think, that would make me laugh from time to time. Something that doesn't take themselves too seriously. There there are people in the in the podcasting community fraternity whatever it's you know, sort a of collective whatever word you want to use for the podcasting bunch of people who do take themselves a little bit too seriously and uh, and and sort of you know they they like to self self promote. A little bit too often.
0: So, do you feel actually living on a desert island for a while away from these people? Well,
1: yeah, there is there is the element of sort of internet tough guy anyway, where you get people you know banging out all sorts of odd stuff over the at the end of a you know DSL connection, saying this is great for reasons X, Y, and Z, and I'm great because I produced it that kind of thing. Being on a desert island will also allow me to remove all the distractions I have from daily life and just sort of focus on on a number of things, kind of a few things now. Um, the, the podcast I've chosen is quite interesting. A bit of background first of all. I, I, by by nature or sort of by design, I'm not a, I'm not an overtly religious person. In fact, I'm not religious at all. I don't have any kind of um, religion or uh, or sort of faith that I believe in. Um, that said, I could imagine with a bit of time that uh, I could be persuaded to go down one or the other route. And the choice I've made for my podcast is uh, a podcast by my a good friend of mine called Jason. It's called the Buddhist Podcast. This show is it's a thoughtful show, and it's the kind of thing that you can listen to and really concentrate and go, actually, yeah, he's right. You know, he's, he's, he's right. You know, so you're,
0: you're you're wanting to uh, take a little bit of this spare time, take away the noise of day to day life, and maybe become a little more spiritual. Do you think? Yes, I,
1: I, I can see that happening. If, if I was in a position where I had um, fewer things to do, fewer distractions, and I was a bit more focused, then I could see that working very well.
0: And I suppose if you're, if you're going to really channel that kind of energy down one particular direction, you want to be able to trust the person who's actually leading you yes. ahead in that yeah. particular, because you have Quite. nothing else to draw on in that particular point. So you, you need to trust the information you're going to be given, and, and the, the, the the light that they're going to shine ahead of you is going to be...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a bit about my background, first of all. I, I have I have a little bit of an issue uh, with people who are in positions of authority without actually deserving to be there, or who I I don't sort of believe they should be there. You know, I've, I've had bo- I've had jobs and bosses before who I've looked at and thought, "Hang on, why are you my boss? You know, what makes you uh, you know more of an expert than me? Or more? You know, how can you manage me? I'm not the most manageable person anyway. But you know, and 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 I know full well that because I know because I know Jason and Karen. And I know that what they put into it is good stuff. And I know that I, I, regard them as experts on the subject, you know, and I think to that end, the combination of knowledge and them not taking themselves overtly seriously. And I mean that in a nice way, as opposed to a, you know, they're just farting around sort of thing, uh, means that works well for me.
0: Excellent. Well, I think, you know, there, there, there can't be any better justification for a positive attitude towards a particular product. So yes, you, you get to keep the Buddhist podcast. Thank you very much. So the next item you're allowed to bring with you is one track of music, which we're going to hear because it's uh, it has to be a pod-safe music, of course, mm. in the, the tradition of uh, podcast-related music.
1: Now, the track I would like to propose that I, the, the track that I would like to use or bring to the island and have as my collection of stuff on the island um, is it, there's, there's there's a bit of story behind it, and this is the reason this is the reason why. Back in November of 2006, uh, a bunch of uh, folks uh, who are podcasters and podcast fans and podcast listeners and podcast producers and what have you. They, we, we sort of gathered in London for a conference. Now, I've been to many, many conferences before. Uh, you know, having, had, having had an, an, uh, a career in IT before, I've been to lots and lots of IT conferences and they're all a bit dull and a bit boring and a bit samey. Now, this, this conference in London was, uh, it's called PodcastCon, um, which presumably stands for Podcast Conference. Now, the thing that was different in this case. It was a lot smaller. It was a lot sort of tighter, and I knew a lot of the people there already, having not actually met them before. You know, I'd met them over the web, and I knew I could sort of put names to faces, that kind of thing. And being being at a conference for the whole day, I, I was I knew full well this was going to be quite hard work for me to concentrate because obviously there's different people going to these conferences for different reasons, and there's lots of very um, exciting things going on and some stuff which is admittedly not so exciting or, you know, it's a, it's a personal thing, not for me, you know, this whole sort of, it, I'm sure it's very ex- exciting and interesting, just not for me. And uh, uh, there was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a pre-conference chat with various people, uh, who I know on the, uh, on the internet and we, we were basically looking to cause a, uh, not, not trouble. I think trouble is the wrong word. A bit of mischief, you know, a bit of non-harmful mischief and, we we had this idea, or I, I introduced I introduced a few people to the concept of uh, of stealth discoing. Now, the concept of stealth disco is very straightforward. It was stealth disco was invented by or sort of pioneered by I think it was a New York media company, and the the idea essentially is somebody there there is a, it's it's a two or three person game. Somebody is a the cameraman. They are they are videoing whatever's going on. It's it's a video thing as opposed to an audio thing and there is somebody who is completely unaware that they are going to be involved in the stealth disco. Now the stealth disco in sort of short term is somebody's working person A who will call Alex. Alex is working, you know, at his computer, concentrating very hard or doing an interview or whatever. And then uh, person B who will call Bob. Bob is aware that Alex is working and sort of quietly sidles up behind him and does a bit of a disco dance behind him. And person C who is the cameraman is filming this. And you get sort of a five or ten second clip, and you know you kind of it's it's almost like a sort of a ninja style and you do it, you you know you get in, you do it, and you get out again, so you're not you don't get caught. So we did this all very surreptitious, you know. We had sort of cameras pointed quietly somewhere, you know, in a, in a sort of a non-obvious way, and various people who were being interviewed got stealth disco that kind of thing. And we spent two or three hours sort of crunching the video together, and we sort of sat there and said, right, well, th- this thing needs this thing needs a soundtrack, you know, it needs it needs to have a bit of impact, it needs a soundtrack. Uh, we we found there's one track which stood out. A, because the name is just perfect. Uh, B, it's PulseSafe. C, it's by a, a group who I think are Swedish, which just have that extra sort of, you know, continental flavour. And long story short, the track I would like to bring with me on the desert island is Disco Satisfaction by The Heaven.
0: satisfaction from the heaven and a very elaborate justification for that particular track do you do you think that that having that track and listening to it over and over again it's going to bring back memories of of that particular day and, and
1: the memories is the main reason and it's also that that track has another special place in my heart it is it's my alarm signal on my on my phone so if i go to if i go places and i have my my cell phone as a as a as an alarm clock um, it's what wakes me up in the morning, so I can sort of wake up in a hotel in the middle of nowhere and start, you know, jumping around the room. And it's one track that you can listen to over and over and over again, and every single time you either move about in your seat or bop about or, you know, stand up and start dancing and all that kind of thing. It's unfortunate that I think the Heaven have actually disbanded now; there. They are no more, so there's going to be no more uh, disco satisfaction-style tracks. But uh, it
0: seems like a pretty good legacy. I it's, mean, it's I mean, good, there, yeah. there I was just... Dancing around the customs office this is while the track yeah, is are yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it is pretty irresistible. And I think the sound of that you know, going across the island, Absolutely. ever so often, Absolutely. Is, it, would be a very, very good. Thing. It'll,
1: it'll send shivers down my spine if there's a whole PA system.
0: The next item, yes. a book. Now, this is a very interesting choice. I'm, I'm really intrigued as to why you wanted this particular book.
1: It's it's the, the book I mentioned on the on the customs declaration form. Is it's a very specific one. Now, it doesn't really have to be that particular book, but the subject matter is important. For a very long time, I have been. I wouldn't say disappointed, but I was a bit annoyed that I didn't do better at foreign languages at school. You know, I did the you know as as an English school kid, I did the usual things of French, and German, and that was pretty much it. You know, I went to a grammar school for a year and did Latin, which turned out to be very useful. I don't think.
0: Ex- explain to me. Now, I, I had a conversation with someone the other day about mm. how useful Latin might be. Explain to me, educate me about. The usefulness of Latin in today's...
1: See, I've, I've got to be careful because I, I did it for about a year, a year and a half. So I, I, that may just have been sort of prep for, you know, bigger things and better things. Now, I, I, w- I went to a school in the the Gloucestershire area of the UK called uh, Sir Thomas Richards School. Now, Gloucestershire, when I lived there, was one of the very few counties in the UK or England who had grammar schools. And I spent a year and a half doing Latin, which I consider time well spent because the, the, there are various words in Latin that... When you look at their English equivalent, uh, they're kind of slightly rude. As far as the language thing was concerned, I did a bit of French, a bit of German, and I can just about get by with both. And I, for a very long time, I've had this fascination with with the Dutch language because, uh, A, it's fairly close by. I've been to Holland a few times, and I, I like the whole, the, the the Dutch sort of the culture and the approach to everything. It's very kind of liberal and, you know, it's all, it's all good. I'm not some sort of, you know, dope smoking porn fiend, don't get me wrong. I just like the approach of things that they have, and everything's sort of nicely. Nicely nice. And whenever I hear people speaking Dutch, it's it's got this odd combination of being be- a beautiful language and absolutely, utterly filthy at the same time. And I'm thinking, I wish I could do it. You know, I wish I could speak proper Dutch. And I've got this um, slightly odd character, I suppose, like alter ego, if you like, uh, which I'm not going to demonstrate now because I'm, you can hunt around for it on the internet, called Durst, who is some sort of odd, slightly pervy Dutchman. Who you know? Who gets brought out for doing various kind of promotions and just again, just sort of prattling around on the internet, really. So my suggestion or my my proposal for a book is a book to learn Dutch, please, or teach yourself Dutch. I know a few people who are who are Dutch, and I love the accent, and it's all it's all good, really.
0: It's all, it's all good. You have fun memories. Yeah,
1: and yeah. But but and again, you know, thinking of the practicalities. Once I know this Dutch language. Depending on the language of other people coming in, you know, if I'm presuming I'm not going to be on my own on said desert island on the island, you know, depending on the la- on the language of other people coming in, I could then teach them, and I get a lot of satisfaction from teaching people new things as well. So,
0: well, actually, it will work to your advantage because the original settlers on the island were actually of Dutch origin.
1: Excellent, I didn't yeah. even know
0: that. And hence, news. hence why the cannibals on the neighbouring island. Are able to speak.
1: do so. you? never mentioned mention it, were cannibals?
0: We have one more item. We've we've gone through a, a website, a podcast, a piece of music, and a book, all of which you've managed to persuade me to allow you to to keep on the island.
1: Not getting really a good feeling about the next one, then. We Do continue. You get one device. Hmm. What would it be? Device. Now, mm, device. Now, d- 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 devices. Devices in Geekland are quite interesting. Because you say device, and geeks normally think it's a computer, it's a handheld, it's an MP3 player, it's a it's a thing you plug in the wall, you know. You're expecting
0: a, gadgets. Yeah, you
1: know, sort of gadgety type thing, like a PDA or a, you know Blackberry or whatever. I'm I, I'm a am I'm, I'm a sort of a man of, of contradictions, if you like. You know, I I really love my my techie stuff and my you know everything with knobs and sliders and you know flashy blinking light and that kind of thing. Um, but there's there's one thing in my life which I. You know, if computers hadn't been invented, I would still like this device. And that device is a toaster. Now, the background behind the toaster thing is that there have been many, many occasions when I've been, you know, getting my geek on and it's been very late. You know, it's been, you know, midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, in some cases later. And when it gets, once it gets to that late, I think, you know, my wife is resigned to knowing that she's going to be sleeping on her own that night and I'm going to be tapping away at a keyboard for the whole night doing something which is very, very important and absolutely cannot wait till morning. Of course it can, but you know, when you're in the moment that's how it goes. And I've done various sort of shop runs or munchies runs late night to, to get stuff in and, you know, just to kind of refuel me after after I've been going for five hours or so. Now very various foods have various effects on me. If I if I here's an interesting thing, if I eat cheese after about five PM, I have terrible nightmares, very vivid dreams.
0: I've I've been brought up with that. I've been brought up with the the idea that you shouldn't have cheese in the evening. This because is it, that yeah. will, Now, thankfully, I've actually grown out of that for whatever reason, because I can eat pizza quite. The,
1: the, the, the thing with cheese is, if if it's cheese in sort of not not excessively big quantities, but you know more than a wee sprinkling kind of thing, then there's more of a there's more of an issue. Now, I, I have a thing as well, which might make me look like some sort of nutritional freak, but I've been called worse things. Where I cannot drink concentrated orange juice or sort of fresh orange juice after about eight pm or nine pm either. Because they also give you really bad nightmares. And then, then I stumbled upon this, uh, this magical invention called toast. A toast is a wonderful thing because, you know, you, 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 get a loaf of bread and loaf, a loaf of bread is cheap. You can do a couple of slices of toast or, you know, however much you fancy and you can make or put all sorts of things on there and you can do a toasted sandwich and you can, it's like the building block to a perfect meal. You know, a nice loaf of bread. And I can quite happily have you know, two slices of toast, maybe four if it's a particularly long night, and have no ill effects at all. My blood sugar doesn't go, like, racing up and then crashing down again. And uh, it sounds really boring, you know, it sounds really sort of stayed and dull and all that kind of thing, but I really like toast. And there is nothing nicer, smell-wise, than the smell of freshly cooked toast with a nice sort of uh kind of slathering of, you know, of margarine on top. Well,
0: there is something inoffensive about toast in in that there's a good chance that if you have friends around and Mm -hmm. they get a little peckish yeah you can offer them a bit of toast and you know even if you don't have anything to put on it chances are they'll be happy with a piece of toast and maybe some spray on top of that exactly so it's very versatile
1: now there's there's another thing as well with with the toaster um, and there's there's a very specific toaster that i'm thinking like a nice sort of big toaster with nice wide slots on it and this has the added benefit of being able to toast bagels which are Hands down, my favourite food in the world. Full stop. No argument. End of story. I have this odd thing for toasted bagels. You know, bagels. You, you know, get a bagel, slice it in half, uh, toast it, uh, then either a bit of cream cheese or a bit of you know butter or something on the top. And my mm-hmm. mouth is watering just thinking about this already. Uh, toasted bagels are by far and away the nicest thing in the world. Food wise. So you, you
0: you'd like a slightly geeky toasted then? Yeah, really?
1: I, I suppose so. Yeah, it doesn't need. But this is the thing. You know, again, thinking about the whole practicalities of it all. You know, if you've got some sort of fancy fangled toaster, if I'm going to be sat on this island and I've got this sort of turbo toaster with, you know, it's got, you know, there's a network connection in the back and it's got Bluetooth and, you know, all sorts of sliders and knobs and all that kind of thing. The more things that move, the more chance it has of breaking down. Now, so I'm going to sort of go back to, it's actually go back to kind of geek basics and say, right, here is a toaster. It is a toaster. It toasts bread, it toasts bagels. In fact, no, it just toasts things. You know, you put stuff in it, it toasts. and It works and there's no, there's no warranty involved, or there's no helpline involved, and there's no, you know, you need a registry hack for it to work, or there's an Apple script for it to make it work properly. It is a toaster, and a toaster works very well.
0: Well, I, you've actually pretty much convinced me. I was, I was determined you weren't going to have the toaster, but you are very clearly passionate about toast.
1: If, if you say it like this, you might be able to be some sort of odd freak of nature. You know? to-
0: toast is an important no, for, for you know for practical reasons, for physical reasons. Toast is an important part of your life. You you've done really well for the for the, the very first person onto the island. You've actually managed to keep all five of your items. Wow! Well done. Thank you. Is all I can say. There it's, would be a round of applause, but of course, there's no one here else here. Well, listen, so. Uh,
1: so what's what, what's the deal from here? I mean, do I, do? I, thank, firstly, thank you for letting me on. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I appreciate my new surroundings, and I'm going and build a house and stuff. Am I going to be on my own, or are other people expected? Well, you just never know. Okay, now that's a fair point. I understand. That's fine. I, I mean, understand.
0: obviously, we're having applications constantly.
1: Good point. Well, and uh, that's good to, hear. That's good know, to hear. some
0: people will be allowed on, and others won't.
1: So I'm, I'm, I'm the pioneer of the island.
0: You are definitely the pioneer of the island. That's, well, that's I suppose, yeah.
1: seeing, as, seeing as, you aren't even intending to, to step foot in the place because of the cannibals and the man-eating alligators and stuff, then, I can't mm-hmm. kind of understand why. Oh, you've, w- you've
0: already heard about the alligators. I, w- mm,
1: mm, I don't like alligators.
0: Well, I hope you enjoy your stay. Thank you. That's all I can say. And uh, Peter Cooper, thank you very much for coming on to the island. Thanks for having That was Desert Island Geek. This program was produced and presented by Neil Dixon. To get yourself in touch with the show if you want to take part, have a comment, or want to suggest a geek for a future episode, drop us an email. Customs at DesertIslandGeek.com dot com
2: The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.